Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to this brand new episode of The Stories We Tell. My name is Nicole Asinago and I'm your host. Today, I'll be speaking with writer and poet, Angela. I like to call Angela a prophetess. Not because she sees the future, but because her words carry something that is so divine. Today, we'll be talking about what it means as a creative to practice in public, overcoming fear, and also how to be okay with being in the process of pursuing your dreams. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Hi, Angela. Hi, Nicole. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. I'm doing well. Thanks. Thank you so much for coming on this episode. Of course. I mean, it's you, <laughs> Nicole. Ah. <laughs> no, I'm so happy to have you because I just, I've been wanting to, mm. every time we have a conversation, mm. I feel like it should be recorded as a podcast. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So I'm happy that we get the opportunity to just like talk and, you know, share stories that can hopefully inspire others. Yeah. So let's get straight into it. Mm-hmm. I want to so on your Instagram your bio mm. um, says who practices in public yes. so I want to I want to know about practicing in public as a writer and what what inspired that bio and that definition or description of yourself yeah okay how long do we have do we have about two hours <laughs> <laughs> we have about 40 minutes girl <laughs> um so um uh, well first of all thanks so much for having me here um I I think I wrote it after I'd already started posting on Instagram and you know sharing my work for maybe a year and a bit or I would say two years and then I just I was so over it um, I felt a lot of pressure, you know, the usual Instagram sharing your life on social media pressure. And I was like, there was a reason why I started sharing my work in the first place and I couldn't remember it. So I had to go back to what made me post the first time around. And that was, it was out of a feeling of, um, which I'm sure we'll get into later on, but it was out of a feeling of, I call myself a writer, but I have nothing to show for it. Mm. And if I keep waiting for my published book and I'm putting, you know, quotation marks over that. If I keep waiting for my published book, I'm just not going to have anything to show for what I'm doing. And if I keep waiting for perfection, I may never get there. So it was out of that feeling like, you know what, I'm just going to risk it all. I'm just going to start sharing what I know, what I can do, and hopefully I get better as I keep, you know, posting it or sharing it. And then hopefully um, I get good enough to publish. So that was the original reason why I started um, posting. So um, when I wrote that little quotation about um, practicing in public, it was me returning back to the reason why I started posting in the first place, which is I want to get better and I don't care or I don't want to care who sees um, Mm. and who sees that journey. Mm. I don't want to care. So is that... Is that something you perhaps still struggle with? Definitely. Mm. Not all the time. Like, it's, I I don't know, I'm sure, I don't know, I'll I'll ask you, Nicole, whether you feel the same way as well. It's like, there are times when I feel quite comfortable and quite confident about what I'm doing, and I know exactly where, and I know who my audience is, and I know, um, and that audience may be myself or it may be other people who are following. But then there are other times when there are other voices and I'm like, I don't want my peers to 
see my, you know, maybe corny sentence that I put here or mm-hmm. you know, misshapen, you know, the, just all my mistakes and think, oh, and not rate me as a writer. Mm. And that's, you know, that's when ego comes in and it's it's no longer about the work. It's not mm. about what other people think about me, you know. Um, right. So it's, I would say now I, I think I finally got to a stage where most of the time I'm not thinking that way, but it still happens for sure. Mm. Yeah, I totally know what you mean. And it's, um, I particularly like what you said about when, ego comes in and then you're trying to perfect things and then suddenly you're a performance artist instead of just somebody who is writing from the heart yeah and yeah it definitely there's so many things that you said I feel like I should be taking notes (laughs) we literally like I swear I take a notebook every time you're yanning I'm just like (laughs) (laughs) I mean I need a notebook but I need this recording I don't want to mess up our recording But no, just so many things that you said from like um, waiting for that published book Mm -hmm. and waiting. So I also have dreams of being a published author Mm -hmm. and I definitely felt I I used to introduce myself even like the first time I went to a writing workshop, Mm -hmm. I introduced myself as the writer who doesn't write. Right. And like I would do that kind of to be funny, but it actually came from just like an insecure place of feeling like you know I wasn't able to call myself a writer because the first thing if you tell somebody if you meet somebody and you say yeah um oh hi I'm a writer then they're like oh what have you what have you number um, one question where can I find your books yeah (laughs) what have you written what have you done and then I'm um, um, well my head but you know exactly so the stuttering and mm-hmm. all that kind of thing so there's a lot of um insecurity that comes with um not having something you can present as this is what I've done yeah and um so obviously recently well not obviously but recently I had the privilege of writing a film that got produced mm-hmm. and then suddenly it was like I got my the legitimacy right. that I had been craving. Mm. Um, but I realized now that that legitimacy I had always had. Yeah. Um, I didn't need the movie to realize that I'm a real writer. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> because I've been practicing for exactly. a very long time. Exactly. I, I think, you know, it's it's this thing, right, that it's it's the fear of that question like, okay where can I see your work that I think drives us to all sorts of different stuff um but then it, it sometimes it takes us then doing things like you had you know an amazing script pub um I said published uh, produced um for you to be like actually I always was a writer but I guess I didn't see it um and I yeah I've I found the same thing with posting and doing shows and doing things like that that oh actually what I thought it would do um in terms of legitimize me maybe it did a little bit but if you yourself don't view yourself to be a writer there's almost nothing you can do or achieve you will still have that imposter syndrome exactly yeah I want to touch on the shows so like how Mm -hmm. did you even so you have a poetry show called mood yeah and and you've had a few you've had one in Lagos one in Berlin and one in London right yeah a couple in a couple in Lagos a couple in London but just one in Berlin lovely so like how did that how did you even decide because to me you're quite a shy person (laughs) (laughs) So how did you, but then when I see you on stage, mm. you just like, ugh, I, wa- I remember watching your the video of um, your TEDx performance. Yeah. And I was like, who is this person? <laughs> it's like your words energize you. Like they yeah. just like create, they just bring out you. Yeah. So how did you even decide to even do that as a creative form? Um, 
I think that's a really good question. I, um, and first of all, what you said was so perfect because um, it is true. It's the words I feel that energize me. And there's something about um, the performance of it. I think I do just go into the words and into what I'm trying to say and my work and what I'm trying to bring across um, that completely takes me to a different place. Um, but in terms of how I got there, because I had always seen myself as a writer and in um, a writer of novels, you know, I didn't see myself as a poet at all. And I thought I would just be, you know, in my room by myself writing and then, you know, I'll give my work to someone to publish and I'll run away. That was my, my vision for myself. Um, and I think that's one of the things that I, I say to other people who are writing or who are doing any type of creative work and they're still in the beginning or in process. I always tell them that just try out so many different things because you have no idea what will work mm. you have no idea so um for me it was a series of things so the first thing was posting on instagram i started sharing my work on instagram and honestly i did not expect a following it was just to practice um and then people started liking it and enjoying it and then those people would then ask me to do to read some at their events at first I'll say hell no <laughs> you know I, I don't do that but then um and I must shout her out um a very dear aunt of mine um Fumi Yoda uh had a show and I just couldn't say no to her and so she invited me to her platform and it was it just it blew up from there and so little by little I started doing Show, um, readings or performances for other people and then came a couple months after it was then December I live in London at the moment and I was going back to Nigeria and I thought to myself you know I've done all this for other people why don't I do something for myself why don't I why don't I create a space for myself that was literally my thought and I and I said to myself okay I have, I can say I have about 15 friends who, if I beg them, they will come. <laughs> Each person brings one person. That's 30 people. Mm. We can do something with that. That was, my, honestly, that was what I was thinking. So I mm -hmm. posted it online. I was like, oh, you know, I'm doing this show. It's called Mood. It's going to be uh, my work so far, just pieces that I have, you know, put together. And people kept paying you know it was back then pay stack and all the other stuff was not there had not arrived yet <clears throat> um and so you just put your bank details you know mm -hmm. nigeria and people just kept paying and i was freaking out i said <laughs> what have i done <laughs> i'm telling you that's how i got there um but you know that's how it started and it became this thing, this show, and it, it, I evolved as it evolved. And with each audience and e each city, it kind of grew and became its own thing. So that's the roundabout way to how I got to this particular art form. I love that. I love that. Especially like just not knowing mm -hmm. what it could be. Yeah. And then other people enjoying or getting inspired by your work yeah. that kind of grows it organically exactly and I would say something else as well because you know you'd mentioned earlier on that yeah that oftentimes when people meet me they're like oh but you're quite quiet and I wouldn't have expected you to be on stages you know doing what you do um and I think it's a combination of the two things um and again I always say this to other people who say oh but you know I can't do it I can't go on stage I always say that one, we're not shy all the time or we're not quiet all the time. There are always places or times when you are your most confident or you are your most effervescent, you know, there's always that. So never sort of define yourself by just one aspect of yourself. And then the mm. second thing for me was- that Wait, I girl, <laughs> that is a word, girl. 
I need to like we are saying you know so many things and then the other thing is I literally would say this was like my mantra while I was preparing for the first mood was that I, I I said to myself I will not let my personality get in the way of what I want to do Mm. Because I knew that I would all, you know, personalities can change. I will outgrow my shyness. That's why I kept telling myself. So and mm. I don't want to look back um, at the time, you know, when I'm, you know, more confident or whatever and think, why didn't you just do it? I won't mm. always feel this way. I won't always feel like an amateur. I won't always feel stupid or, you know, you know, that's not good enough or yeah. So why don't I do it for the time when I'm like, yeah, yeah I knew you could do it kind of thing. Mm, wow. That is crazy important because mm. I think human beings, we define ourselves by definition. Yeah. yeah. Like things that we describe about ourselves and we don't even understand how much we pigeonhole. Right. So people say, oh, I have a temper. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what about, I get angry sometimes, but I'm trying to work on exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> because you saying you have a temper, you just, okay, so you're just going to kill somebody. I'm angry. Like, <laughs> angry all the time. Is that what happens to you? Is that what happens? <laughs> like, yes, it's so important to just like, know that that's not just you mm-hmm. and you can evolve. Yeah. So giving yourself that space, that is so, so key. Because even for me, mm-hmm. um, I have not really done I've never read my work out Mm -hmm. only in small writing groups and I I have this fear of like reading out loud like my work but at the same time I actually love reading out loud so like Mm -hmm. I look at you I look at other poets like Titi Lokwe um Wana 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 and I'm like oh gosh the fearlessness <laughs> like the fearlessness but I think that's something that I think I would love to do because it's way out of my comfort zone and I think every time you step out of your comfort zone you realize that like wow there's so much life to be lived absolutely you just have no idea and I feel like I mean you're getting there right because like first the podcast I see what you're doing first the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming up. Mine is going to be called Feels. (laughs) Yours is Mood. Mine is Feels. Coming for you, girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have space for you. We have space. Space for all of us. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, I want to touch on something Mm. that you spoke about. Um, you said you know being in process. So like. One of the reasons why I really wanted you on um, the podcast was because, you know, um, I've had some people on who are two people. The two people I've had on have been published. Yeah. And we've kind of spoken about this a little bit, but I think I want us to go a bit deeper because I think as creatives, we always attach ourselves to work that you can hold mm-hmm. yeah. or work that is tangible. Yeah. And the fact that, like, we, you still have dreams and goals and aspirations that haven't been met yet, mm-hmm. but just being in process, mm-hmm. there's so much that you can give or that you can teach people mm-hmm. um, and being okay with being in the process of becoming who you want to be. Yeah. Because I don't know why, well, I do know why social media just gives this thing where it's like, you have to do this, you have to do that, yep. you have to do this. And it's like, sometimes we're comparing ourselves to people that are 10 years, 15 years older than us. And it's like, these guys, they're not your mates, you know, (laughs) like at all. So why are you comparing yourself to this old lady? Like you still have so much time (laughs) to reach wherever you want to reach, you know? Um, But like, I guess I want to talk about how, how you can be okay with doing like just by posting on Instagram Mm -hmm. like how do you feel social media has helped your creative creativity in terms of an outlet so I know how it has helped me but I'm so interested because you mostly post Mm -hmm. um poetry yeah um so how do you think that has helped you creatively oh in uh, in so many ways um 
so the first way would be um like i said before the the whole thing about practicing in public um if you can put your flawed work up you know there is a there's a sort of slaying of the dragon that you do when you do that um mm. and that has been so beneficial for me um to the audience um i found so i found people who really identified with my work who really saw themselves in my stories or my poetry or you know my posts in general and that is no matter what anyone tells you that is an amazing feeling and that's incredible and encouraging um so that ha- that helped a lot with my confidence as well um uh what's it what, so put and in terms of being in process it also helped me with the ego part of it as well so um or ego and labeling part of it. So I'd always see myself as a writer. I still see myself primarily as a writer before mm-hmm. being a poet. I love poetry, don't get me wrong. And I keep learning more and more about it. Um, and, you know, I hope to get better at it. But my first love is fiction. Um, and my right. biggest dream, very similar to you, Nicole, is to mm-hmm. write a novel or write novels and get them published and have been working for a while um but it's it's it was a kind of letting go of control for me to be able to say that because I I didn't post anything for such a long time and I refused to do anything else except write this novel whereas I have Mm -hmm. other things in me and what if those were the things that wanted to come out first will I be willing enough would I be a willing enough vessel to let that side of my storytelling capabilities come out first. So that was very humbling for me to be like, I wanted so badly to be a novelist first, but this is what came, this is what came bubbling out. And this is what um, I, re- I sh- this is what showed me um, who I really am in a way that I am poetic. Um, yeah. I, I do, have this ability to write words in such a way that um, could, you know, both clarify or mystify. And that is mm. a, that is such a privilege. It is a gift. It, you know, thank you. It's such, such mm. a privilege. And it's, it's, it's really the, so it's not as if one is better than the other. I hope, I hope you hear my heart with that. It's more that, letting go of the control I knew what I wanted to do with my life but actually something else wanted to come first and then it becomes I think the final thing I would add to that is it becomes a trust game and do I trust myself do I trust my arts do I trust God do I trust um, the work enough that when the right time comes and when all the stars align and when all the 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 story that I've had in my head and in my heart has cooked enough that it will come forth. Uh, do I trust that enough? Um, mm. And that has been definitely the journey of of that as well. And I would be super super curious to hear if you've had a similar experience as well. Um. Yes. Yes, I would say. I think. Um. I think for sure when you're when you're creating and you're putting things out there. Yeah. I think, you know, you just have to you have to you have to for me, I've had to just do what feels right. Mm. So I think sometimes it comes in, you know, a little bit of poetry, but not really. I kind of just like dip my toe a little bit (laughs) or if I feel it, you know. Um, So for me, poetry usually comes to me when I'm really sad Mm. um, or when I'm just my emotions are really heightened um, and then something comes to me. But um, naturally, I I don't just feel like writing in small sound bites. Mm But I think what what happened with me is, you know, I felt like, I think it was, 
I remember this time when it was like years ago, it was like three years ago. Um, I was at home, it was early on a Saturday morning and I went, I was like scrolling on Instagram and I found, it, it was one of these things where like, I found this lady <laughs> who used to be, oh no, I think it was Eve, Eve the rapper. Mm. And Eve, I saw that she was married to this white guy mm-hmm. um, who owns like Gumball 3000 or some kind of sporting company, something, some like Formula One racing companies. Like he's a billionaire. So I was like, oh, this is so random. <laughs> so I check him and then I see that he has a bunch of kids. Mm. And I'm like, who are these? Um, so I'm like, oh, wow. So he was married before. And then somehow I ended up on his ex-wife's page. <laughs> and his ex-wife um, was dating someone. So I thought at first I was like, oh, my God, you know, she must be so like crushed. You know, that her husband is like dating this high profile rapper. Right. But she was like dating someone. And even like, I think she had just recently got remarried, but she kept her last name. And he was this hunk of an Italian man or whatever. All right. Anyway, I just went down an <laughs> Instagram rabbit hole, right? And um, suddenly I was even on the guy's sister's page. No, Nicole. <laughs> I know. I just went down like a rabbit hole that like I couldn't even navigate my way back up to earth. And I remember just like on on Instagram, just like posting something. And I was just like, I must have posted my breakfast. Well, my caption was, you know, I woke up in the morning, this, this, this happened. Mm-hmm. I found myself on Eve's page. And then this, I just recounted the whole story. Yeah. And literally within seconds, like it wasn't something I thought about, right? Mm -hmm. And I captioned the whole story and I remember receiving so many likes. You know, when you like put down your phone and you just go about your day and come back to Instagram and you're like, oh my God, why is this (laughs) happening? And yeah, exactly. And I had all these likes and I was so confused because the picture wasn't, I've never been that good at like aesthetics and stuff like that. Um, and people were just so engaged. There were so many comments. Mm-hmm. People were just saying, you know, wow, you're such a good writer. This was so interesting to read. Yeah. And it was a pretty long caption. Mm-hmm. Um, and it struck me in that moment that my writing style is relatable. Mm-hmm. It is just talking. <laughs> like, I don't need to say there was a pale moon on a dusty day you know like, <laughs> I don't need to sound like you know a trigger to be a good writer and and I think that was my my own freedom yeah, like, and practicing yeah. in public it just became like just be yourself right um and so for me that has been my experience with being on Instagram and realizing like my authentic voice yeah. is my most powerful asset um, and also that kind of transcending or translating into my work as a writer, as a fiction yeah, writer. Yeah, yeah. And realizing that I don't have to have these perfect sentences. Right. Yeah. Um, because that perfection is, you know, is something yeah. we all strive for. Um, but usually perfection comes in honesty. Yes. Oh my gosh, so true. Girl, I think I should put that as a quote. I mean, give it to us. So. <laughs> no, it's so, it's so true. And there is nothing like that feeling when you realize, oh, this thing that I do that I just thought I did casually is actually a type of storytelling. Mm. You know, it's such a wonderful feeling. Um, exactly and I think that's why it's so important that more of us are writing um I mean obviously black women African women you know Nigerian women people people of all kinds are writing because I think part of the reason why we probably didn't realize that the things that we were doing before was a type of storytelling was because we were always reading the same types of stories so it's so important that all these different styles um are coming out all these different perspectives and I don't know if we're going to get into it but also in terms of what is good work what is good art um is 
is, you know, it's a whole nother debate and one I definitely struggled with um, as well. But, you know, who tell, who who decides what is good, what is good fiction, mm. what is uh, uh, good prose, what is good poetry, mm. you know, that kind of stuff. And I think the more of us, that's why I love this podcast that you're doing, Nicole, the more of us that are having the bravery and the courage to tell our stories our own way, the more we can mm. see how many types of different good stories there are exactly 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 that's really the goal yeah and then also like not only how many good stories there are but how many good storytellers look and i (laughs) and, and i think you know a lot of people um so the reason why i started this podcast or not the reason or I guess the catalyst Mm. would be people DMing me Mm. after living in bondage saying, oh, I want to be a writer. Can you tell me how you started? Can you mentor me? Mm. Can you tell me about your writing process? And I'm like, huh? (laughs) I can't help you. I can barely help myself. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how to write. I I literally, like, I bleed when I write. It's not like I wake up in the morning and I just write. You know what I mean? Like, click clack on the laptop, you know, cat. Yeah. Just like Carrie Bradshaw, just, you know, type on the laptop. Um, So I'm like, I think, first of all, we need to stop only looking for mentorship in people that have projects that are out there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because it is in this in process that both of us are in that the teaching happens yes (laughs) it is when the real do you know what i mean like it's not when you you've blown that you when you've blown you've forgotten that yeah yeah everything you know yeah i mean yeah like 50 projects you know afterwards because you're just like yeah devs easy and (laughs) (laughs) back square one you're like yikes (laughs) like yikes so yeah, I just I just really want people to be okay with um, creating spaces where like hanging out with your creative friends and being okay, looking for mentorship in your own circles. Yeah. Like I can't imagine, and I'm not knocking anybody who sends a DM wanting something, right? You never know. That might be a lucky day. Um, there was a girl who, you know, sent me a DM. And the way she just constructed her message, I just honestly felt like our spirits were definitely aligned. Um, But that's kind of like a one-off. And I think that more people, you know, need to just empower themselves and find out, like, I know how many podcasts I've listened to that have inspired me. And I don't know them. And they don't know me. So there's so many ways that you can find inspiration and find mentorship without actually talking directly to the source I agree I agree completely and I think also what I found sometimes when people DM me as well what they need is an editor and it's like I'm not an editor I'm I can't Mm. tell you how what you've done what you've written is good of I can't because Mm -hmm. that's not my eye there's some people who are fantastic editors and you need to find them you know I'm 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 not the girl for that um and oftentimes a lot of it is and I'm sure you found the same thing Nicole is that it's it's this thing that we're talking about now it is the imposter syndrome it is the fear of oh, what if I don't have that natural genius writer gene? You know, it's it's more emotional and mental stuff as opposed to the actual act of writing that you need to Mm -hmm. with. Um, And I'm, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm happy to help out as far as I can, but sometimes the best people to do that are the people in your circle, like you said. People who you know, people who... um, are in on the same journey like you said and yeah podcasts things like this things like there's so many other ones where people are sharing quite honestly about the not just the mechanics of writing but also the emotional side of it as well exactly and that's the thing like I think a lot of us 
forget that it is these emotions that drive stories Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and so the mechanics the semantics you read a read a book about structure Mm -hmm. you'll be fine Mm -hmm. but nobody can teach you how to write something that will make another person feel something nobody can teach you that you have to look into yourself and remove all the fluff Mm -hmm. and come at with something real from your chest and it doesn't even have to be. Remember when we were in that writing group and the girl said something like, we, we had a writing prompt and the girl said something like, oh, this girl had beans and plastic. Yeah. Do you remember? She was eating beans in the middle of the night or something like that. Yeah, like this girl was eating beans in the middle of the night. It was so random, but it was so funny. And it's like, <laughs> that must have come from somewhere true because where did that <laughs> Like... <laughs> Like, where did that come from? Like, so even with humor, right? Like, Nigeria is the most, Ugh. the funniest place. It's the saddest place, but it is the funniest place. So, like, we literally have so many stories just around us. You go outside and the lady selling Akra is going to say something funny in two mm-hmm. minutes. Like, so I think just people... I think not just people, I think all of us need to look to our surroundings a little bit more. Agreed. Um, and maybe stop looking so much outside and stop looking so much on our phones. <laughs> um, <laughs> these phones. Um, to be honest, quite, quite literally at the moment. And I've also found that, mm. you know, sometimes people, so there's, there's somebody on Instagram who I really, really look up to. Mm-hmm as a writer and I recently just muted her story and her posts Mm -hmm. because I realized that every time she posts something I feel somehow inside Mm -hmm. like I'm like oh what's she done now yeah like there's (laughs) there's like an envy that I didn't realize I had and you know the line between love and hate is very very slim Mm -hmm. and I, I found myself just a little bit jealous yeah and it it was a very foreign emotion for me because jealousy is not something I really experienced I actually had to recognize it and find out what it was you know um and when I saw that I was like you know what it's not healthy because I I feel like I'm comparing myself to this person and I have no idea why so sometimes you even have to sometimes the people that you might be looking up to might be doing you a disservice and you don't even realize yeah a hundred percent um because everyone has said it now so many times but i think we just need to keep saying it instagram is the highlight reel no matter even if we're being vulnerable and we're showing maybe a little bit of maybe bad days Mm -hmm. nothing can i mean nicole you have to give it to them nothing can teach you or show you what it what it means to finish a project you know there's no amount of pictures you can take to show somebody what one goes through to finish something or to create right. something. And so no matter what the person you're looking up to cannot show you what they've been through to get what, mm. they're, what they've got to. Um, right. And so sometimes you must mute, you know, and yeah. dip in from time to time to check right. what they're doing, but mute them mm-hmm. and let them do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, you said something now about um, being vulnerable, and I want to touch on that. Mm-hmm. Like, um, because I, I'm, I'm wondering how, as a poet, I feel like, you know, we we said we spoke about this. How you have to just have your heart out there, mm-hmm. right? So how do you? How does that make you feel? putting your work out there. I know how it makes me feel. I, you, you put yourself out there on a daily and even like doing your poetry series. How do you do that without, without putting people in your business? Yeah. You know? Yeah, completely. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is something that I definitely struggle with um, uh, for two reasons. The first is because my work I would say 90% is fiction. So even if it is poetry, it's still fiction. Mm. So 
I don't know why I never thought about that, that poetry can be fiction. Yeah, it's for me. I mean, some, <laughs> some people, it obviously depends on the poet. But for me, because what I love the most about storytelling is the fact that you can make it up. I love, that is my favorite mm-hmm. thing in the world. Mm-hmm. So to me, it, I, my, I try my best, of course, to make the emotions as real as possible. And, and my in my own real emotions, but the particularities of the poem, most of it is fiction. And so I have that double thing where I'm so like, it's a job well done if people don't know that and they think you're talking about your life. That means I've done it mm. so well that people don't know that this is actually not you. But then the other side is like, I don't want you to think this is me because I don't want you to think that I'm just depressed all the time or like mm-hmm. my heart, someone literally broke my heart yesterday. And I will write that and be like, oh, yesterday he broke my heart or whatever. Um, and I'll post it and I think, oh, now everybody's going to think that, you know, that's that or oh, this is my life. And so it's something I struggle with in terms mm-hmm. of there's the fiction elements and I want you to think that it's real because when you can't note um I can't remember who said it I'm not even going to try and quote it anyway so just ignore what I said (laughs) but when something (laughs) feels so real that's when you've done your job well as a writer um and as a poet if it feels real and you're writing fiction but then on the other hand it's like I don't want you to think that this is my whole life so that's the first problem. The second problem, the second point that I was going to make is, why should I care? It comes back to, that's why I practice in public because um, at the end of the day, I have to ask myself, what do you want to do? If I wanted to just be a regular, um, just, I don't know, regular person with a private Instagram where I don't share anything with the world, I could do that. But I've decided that I want to share my stories. I I decided that I want to share my poems. I've decided that my work is important enough to be shared. So I can't then police how people feel about me or what they think about what I'm saying. I have to let it go um, if I think the work is important enough. So that is, it's it's something I, I'm genuinely still working through. There's so many pieces that I still have on my laptop because I'm just like, I, ju- I just don't want people to think this is me, eh? Or yeah. it is me because obviously there is still that, I, I, there is still that percentage that of work that is me just spilling out my, um, my feelings in a poetic way. Or, so the times when it is me, I'm like, eh, God forbid, I can't, you know. sometimes I win sometimes I post it and then I leave the phone and I don't look I don't check it for a long time Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that I can't I don't deal with it Mm -hmm. other times Mm -hmm. I'm feeling very brave and I'm like yeah this is the story I want to tell this is the poem I want to tell other times Mm -hmm. it's just good in my laptop for when I'm braver so it depends yeah it depends I love that when was the first time you knew that you had a story to tell Honestly, I don't even know. I feel like I've been writing my whole life. I really, really? yeah. I I just I remember. I don't remember, um, sort of having a thought that oh, okay, let me write. I just remember writing. I remember loving reading, mm-hmm. and then also like I'll finish a book and then I'll start writing my own ending, or I'll write my version of like basically copying what they did. And I remember that joy of reading stuff and then not realizing people could do that in a book. I mean, like, oh, wow, okay, you can do that. Mm-hmm. And then I'll like do my own story with them doing the same thing. Like I, I vividly remember when I first read a book that they broke the fourth wall and I was like, what? Why are they <laughs> talking to me? <laughs> Wait, what's the fourth wall? So that's when they, like, okay, the story has been, um, okay, it's usually movies, right? And then they're like, they turn to the screen and, and they're talking to the audience. And they're saying, okay. oh, mm-hmm. I, know, I know you're watching me and thinking, what am I going to do now? And you're like, wait, are they talking to me? 
Ah, interesting. Like House of Cards. Yeah, like House of Cards. Mm. I remember the first time that I saw that, I was like, oh, you can't do that? I thought, mm. <laughs> I didn't know that. So um, I've always, always, always written. Mm. And for you, is it, is it, have you, do you have a date or an age in mind of when you first started writing? Um, a little bit. Um, so I was always a reader as well, mm. but I wrote my first quarter of a novel um, when I was about 14. Okay. Um, and it was called Black Pulls of Nothing. <laughs> oh, you deep thing. <laughs> I know, Twist, twisted, twisted, angry, sad teenager. Oh my god! Um, but I used to post like chapters on Facebook, and you know, I had all these well, my friends like commenting and stuff, and that was like so exciting to me. And my dad was actually the first person to read it, and he his feedback devastated me, and I didn't write for like a decade. <laughs> but yeah I didn't or it just like broke me Mm -hmm. but now it was actually the best feedback and funny enough it's the exact same thing that um Chibundu um spoke about in the podcast last um in the last episode about her mom um basically wondering why she was writing American characters yeah because mine was set in Missouri in the U.S. and my dad was like have you ever been there (laughs) (laughs) Why are you writing about we, what you don't know? We all have to And he's like, story. yeah, you have to write what you know. Yeah. And it's so interesting that we all have this story. And it just speaks, it speaks volumes, mm-hmm. right? Because Chibundu has this story. You have this story. Yep. I have this story. Yep. Chimamanda has this story. Mm-hmm. So many people have this story. And it shows, it shows me, it tells me something bigger. Yeah. It tells me that we have to work extra hard to to be to be proud of ourselves or to see the worth in ourselves and our environment yeah because we do not grow up with movies or tv or literature that told us about ourselves yeah um so and enough in a holistic way so things fall apart is one of my favorite books the beautiful ones are not yet born I I went to secondary school in Nigeria so I read a good selection of like African literature but they were all very like set in a particular class or a particular setting that I couldn't quite identify with so as much as I love things fall apart me and Okonko (laughs) cannot be friends (laughs) you know what I mean like me and Okonko are not the same you know so like the people that actually felt more like me would be the Western characters or who I thought I wanted to be like. Right. So, um, so it was, so I think now when, now that we know this, Mm -hmm. I think we have to be fiercely protective of who we surround ourselves with, the kind of things that we read, Mm -hmm. the kind of things that we watch, um, just to keep, reiterating that our stories and are important our stories are diverse you know and we need to put it out there so that people can other people other younger people can start to see more so that they're not because even Nollywood I feel like is still suffering from that yeah as an industry just Americanized you know everybody's speaking in an accent and it's like yo we can't be like Hollywood we can only be ourselves. So, but it's so easy to fall into that trap. And it's not even to even talk about the industry, mm-hmm. but it's so easy to fall into that trap. I remember like, so the, the screenplay I just finished, um, the producer's feedback from the second draft was like, your, um, um, I had a scene like, so they're about, it's about armed, robber, armed robbers. Okay. And I had a scene where the guy, um, there was like a shooting scene. There was like a heist. And he was like, it's too Americanized. Like, you need to, like, tone down the, um, the swearing. And I was like, huh? So I went back and I read it. And it was like, literally, everything was like, what the fuck? 
shit, fuck, fuck, you know. <laughs> and I thought, I thought to myself, yeah. where did this come from? Like, yeah. what, what do I know about Amber Brothers? The only Amber Brothers I've seen are the ones on TV. The Sopranos. No, and, and that's what and, the fuck. And that they say, what the fuck? <laughs> 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 you don't even realize yeah. what goes into your consciousness yeah. you know what I mean yeah. so it takes a deliberate effort to yeah. to really really be um, authentic and true to yourself yeah yeah it's yeah. true I think I think it, like you said everyone's had this story and I think back to the it's, it's ludicrous that we Everyone has that, oh, it kind of didn't occur to me that write about other Africans or of other Nigerians. <laughs> it didn't occur to me. My first stories were I'm called Honey Gloss, who is this blonde <laughs> high schooler, you know, in love with Todd. <laughs> and no, honey, honey was, you know, she was great. Her mom was Swedish because she was and mm. she was blonde and you know, blue-eyed. And it, yeah, it's every it took everybody's sort of parent being like, um, can you can we see somebody who looks like you, please? Um, and so I think part of what is our responsibility, although I'm not a big fan, I'm not the hugest fan of putting responsibilities on um, on creators. Yeah. Um, I think. Anyway, we won't get into that. But but I think part of the things that we should do is make sure that the next generation of people who are writing will never have that story that Mm. never saw or read or watched and people like them. Um, And I think we're doing that. So that's, that's amazing. I think we are. Thank you so much, Angela. This was such a special conversation. So great. It's so, so great. Thank you so, so much, Nicole. Yay. I can't wait for people to hear you and just fall in love with you. And also, I'm going to do a shameless plug. Angela has a poetry show, an online poetry show (laughs) this weekend on Sunday. Angela, give them the details. Yes. So, uh, So my main show is called Mood, Mood by Angela. But I'm having a mini mood uh, online and it's free uh, this Sunday at seven o'clock. So if you go to minimood.eventbrite.com, you can book your free tickets um, and come through. Please come. I'd love to have you there. Um, And you can follow me on um, at A-N-J underscore A-D-E. So yeah, all the information is there. Perfect. I'm gonna link, I'm gonna put it in the details of the episode so they can see it. Thank you so much, Nicole. Thank you, Angela. And I hope you have a really good evening. Thank you, you too. Okay, speak soon. Take care of yourself. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the stories we tell. I hope this conversation inspired you to let go of the ideas of perfection we carry and encourage you to do things, even if it scares you. Stay safe and take care of yourselves. Lots of love, Nicole.